right. Welcome to another Pro Football Doc podcast, Sports Injury Central podcast. Very special guest today. Excuse me, I'm a few minutes late. In between cases, it's surgery, etc. Hopefully everyone, the sound quality, lighting, and uh, no HIPAA violations. You can't see what's going on back there. No blood and gore, <laughs> but very excited to have on today the great Michael Fabiano. I don't know that you need any introduction. I mean, you're everywhere. You've been everywhere. Fantasy expert, football guy. Welcome to the show. Thanks. And I'll slip you that 20 uh, a little bit later on for that kind introduction. <laughs> uh, easy, easy, easy. You're in where? Louisiana? I am in Louisiana right now. Um, I am moving to Florida next month, which is where you. I'll be uh, long term. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Well, welcome to the show. I'm here in San Diego where it's always 68 degrees in the operating room. It's actually been really cold this uh <laughs> Yeah, one of my years. best friends lives uh, in Carlsbad, and, and it's like ever since I left, and I'm not saying I have anything to do with it, but the weather hasn't been great there. So, <laughs> no, this, this, it's been a lot of rain and, and overcast, uh, uh, a lot of uh, uh, moving baseball games for 10 year olds because <laughs> of the <laughs> Which rain. Which is strange for Southern California. It is kind of strange, uh, a, a little bit, but all right. So, uh, talk to me a little bit here. Uh, how, how is it possible? Because I can't do it. We do cover some college football now with some other doctors and whatever, but my bandwidth is on the NFL and especially during NFL season. How is it that you can keep up with the NFL, but also keep up with the emerging college players? How do you do it? I got to be honest with you. I, I don't watch a lot of college football. I don't. I really only get into the college players uh, once we get into like the combine. I, I mean, you know how it is, Doc. I, I have like maybe half of a Saturday off during football yep. season. I don't want to spend it watching football. Like I'm already watching so much football in the NFL that uh, watching college football, it, I got to do something else. You know, there's, there's, there's you know, like a decompression time um, when you've been doing this for so long. So I'll try and run errands, do something, get out of the house, walk the dog, whatever the case may be on a Saturday and not pay too much attention to what's going on in college. Because once you get into the combine and you see some of the numbers, the great thing about the internet is you've got YouTube, you can go and find all these clips on, you know, college players. And ultimately in fantasy skills and abilities are important, of course, but it's all about where you land. It really is. Like for example, this year, most of the rookie wide receivers outside of maybe like Jordan Addison didn't land in great spots. So their values go down. Like say if Jackson Smith and Jigba ended up in a, in a situation where he could be like the one or the two, well, th that's going to increase his value. But in Seattle, he's the three. And so, you know, can Geno Smith support three really good fantasy wide receivers? I don't know about that. So what they do in college is, is clearly a part of it. Their skill set is a part of it. You know, whether or not, uh, they played in pro style offenses in college is important, but ultimately at the end of the day, like one of the biggest things is who are they competing against. What's the depth chart look like? Name me one running back besides Jameer Gibbs and Bijan Robinson who landed like in a good spot for their fantasy value next season. I don't know if I can, you know, maybe Devon a chain, but the dolphins have a lot of backs. 
uh, on their roster. So watching the college game has some value. The more uh, from a fantasy perspective in terms of importance uh, to me is where do you land, who you're competing against, uh, and um, and ultimately we don't know that until the draft. Well, I, I think that's an excellent point. I mean, I don't watch a lot of college football because I got three little kids, and they're 10, <laughs> 10, and 6, and I'm trying to stay a dad and also trying to stay married, right? So yeah, I mean, exactly. what I try right, and tell right. my wife is I watch the same amount of sports I've always watched. It's just now all NFL as opposed yeah. to college or basketball, baseball, you know, uh, other other sports. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and I'll let you in on a little secret. I just got the uh, uh, invite for the, uh, the Scott Fish Bowl. Yeah. And, and anyway, whatever league that I'm in, I think there's a pattern now. The, the 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 what they actually think. I mean, I actually, Michael, I only started playing. Fan, I, I did a family league where I drafted for all six people, right? But <laughs> not fishbowl. The last three years is the only fantasy league, and 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 so funny as I draft against these guys, they're like, "Oh, this Chow guy, he he knows fantasy. He's going no no running backs. No, I just got sniped on all my running backs. <laughs> down. And then next year it was. Uh, no QBs, and then you know, no wide. Yeah. I don't you better know. Better not do strategy. that. Scott my strategy, I will say, is I kind of, for the most part, stay away from the rookies because I don't really even know them that well, mm-hmm. right? I mean, it has nothing to do with not liking their fit or scheme. I just don't really know them uh, that well, and, and of course, all my drafts are sort of more injury based than, than than anything. But so far, beginner's luck. And now that well, I said it. Uh, I'm going to flip this then on you. Okay. Do you avoid players coming off of injuries on purpose? So for example, Javante Williams, who's coming off of multiple ligament tears or Brees Hall. There, there was a time where if a guy tore an ACL, you knew that that year he was not going to be as good. He left something on the operating room table. And then Adrian Peterson rushed for over 2000 yards. Like, less than a year after having an ACL repair and things kind of changed a little bit. So do you decide, well, Brees Hall's available and Joe Mixon's available. Well, I know Joe Mixon's healthy and I don't know about Brees Hall's knee. So I'm going to go Mixon. Like, do you ever find yourself falling into that? A hundred percent. Two years ago, I was saying where I was drafting and it's just the, 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 the one league Scott Fishbowl, right? I can't get too crazy doing too many things. Uh, I was in a slot where you would project to get Saquon Barkley. And I was like, I don't want Saquon Barkley. This was two years ago, not this <laughs> two last years ago. Year. Yeah, okay. I do not want him. He's okay. not for me coming off his ACL and uh, found a way to avoid him. And so it does work that way a little bit. And uh, one of the things we've gotten into a lot more at Sports Injury Central's We've been pretty good on some of our futures props based on, uh, you know, the, this stuff. And some of our individual props, like our big one last year, is I don't care what you say. We were not on board with the uh, Ravens running back. Um, J.K. Dobbins, yeah. J.K. Dobbins. Mm-hmm. Multi-ligament. Now, I will admit, and that was an easy under. I will admit, if there were a couple more games in the season, he was making a good late-season late comeback. But even then, you could see there was a big hitch in his gate in early season. That was one of our big ones. Our other big one last year that was a stay away, and maybe there's a little personal in it. Uh, Two years ago, once again, uh, Scott Fishbowl draft, 
I drafted Michael Thomas, and oh. literally 10 minutes later, the Ian Rappaport news of another surgery came out. So I didn't know anything about that. That was a surprise. But this last year, I was saying Michael Thomas – look, the last time Michael Thomas – this is coming into last year. This year, we'll, we'll talk about, and I'll answer your question here. And I love it when guests take the helm and ask questions because I'm more comfortable answering than asking. I'm not going <laughs> to uh, hey, I need the knowledge. So Michael Thomas, last year, if people remember, I said, the last time he played a full season, he was a top three receiver in the NFL, if not top. I said he's more likely last year to be a number three receiver on his own team than he is to be top three in the NFL. Now, he got another injury, whatever, and Alave and and Landry, and he was actually number four receiver, Thomas, because the other new new kid, but Olave and Landry were even ahead of, uh, of Michael Thomas. But in answer to your question, how I do it is not on a simple binary algorithm. All ACLs, all this type of injuries mean this. You have to look at the type of player it is, the position they're at, you know, their experience in the league, the type of, let's say in a running back, the type of runner that they are. And then I actually put a lot of stock on videos. Now, here's what I mean. All that gets reported typically is there's an ACL, but you don't know about the associated injuries. And that makes a big difference. In J.K. Dobbins' case, we knew about the associated injuries. By video, we were saying ACL, LCL, multi-ligament, and that's come out since then and uh, so forth. But then I take a lot of stock into looking at video of how they're moving and running because almost everyone nowadays, there's an Instagram video, whether it's self-posted or by the team. Brees Hall just had a video and we can uh, talk about that. So I try and look at those data points rather than just the injury date and be binary. And, and Adrian Peterson is more still the exception than the rule, uh, partly because he was a little bit of a unicorn, right? He's a guy that could avoid runners yet had power, straight ahead power, right? And so I think he was able to get away with it. But, you know, everyone talks about Adrian Peterson as a nine-month ACL recovery is the fastest. I still think the fastest is Shannon McMillan, a, a, a 2003 Women's World Cup player. She was a part of the 99 team uh, that and I'm not saying this because I did surgery on her, but she, in four in four months, and all credit is to her, in four wow. months in 2003 from her ACL, she played in a, she made the World Cup squad for the U.S. and played four months, four months in one wow. week. Now, and soccer is much harder because it's not set pieces. You offense, defense. Adrian Peterson, for the most part, at the snap of the ball, knew where he was going, for the most part. And this is where I fade different players. For example dbs i hate dbs coming off of acls look at tredavious white because they don't know where they're going mm -hmm. at the snap of the ball and so it depends on the type of players but to get to answer your questions look i hear all the optimism about javante williams but when he was injured we said that's an acl lcl is he exactly a jk dobbins no but it's not a straightforward acl i get the optimism coming out of broncos but Everyone's always optimistic. Hope springs eternal. I mean, you right. don't hear negative thoughts. Uh, you, you know, if there are negative thoughts, you just don't give an update. So I'm. I think Javante Adams 
You know, I'm not an ADP expert. You are. But wherever he is right now, I think it's too high. You yeah, know, he's, uh, he started to fall, though. Like, I, I, I've seen some ADP data that has him coming off the board in around six or seven, which is probably where he should be coming off the board. Uh, we had a mock draft uh, over at Sports Illustrated yesterday, which will be up on the site uh, this week, where he went in the fourth round. And I'm like, I'm not touching him there. And I listen, I love Javante Williams coming out of college, North Carolina. I thought he was going to be a star. You could argue that he was maybe, you know, the best or maybe one of the three best dynasty players uh, in terms of value before the start of last year, before he tore up his knee. And now there's just a lot of question marks about him. You also hear a lot of stuff about Samaj P. Ryan playing a bigger role. Maybe that's just coach speak. But the bottom line here is that in Javante Williams in his first two years in the league, and of course last year before he got hurt, was splitting the workload with Melvin Gordon. And now coming off an ACL, LCL, are the Broncos going to suddenly throw him into the fire and put him into a featured role? I mean, I don't know about that. So uh, th- th- you need the temporary expectations for Javante Williams, as great as his upside might have been. This year here, I think you really need to step back and think, maybe I need to draft him more as like a high flex um, in a best-case scenario where I may not even get him uh, in the first you know week or four weeks of the season, depending on if he ends up on the pup list or not. Well, you know, uh, what I always say is, you know, people say, what round should be drafted in? I'm not enough of an expert to know the quality of backs that are going to be there in the sixth round or seventh round. So if you ask me, is that too high or too low? I, I don't know. I need a direct comparison because I'm not – people ask me fantasy <laughs> questions all the time, and, I, and I'll send them all to you, Michael, because I'm like, should I, I play this guy? should I play this guy this week? Oh, I don't know. Who else do you have on your team? <laughs> I mean – I don't know. I'm a, I'm, you know, what's your scoring in your league? I mean, I I know enough to stay away. I'm an injury expert, but the general consensus for me is, is if in my league, I hope someone else takes Javante Williams. Of course, if everyone passes on him at some point, he becomes tremendous value, but I don't think I'm going to be drafting him because someone in my league will draft him before I am because I'll be lower on him than, than someone else in the league. Yeah. Where I have him ranked, um, and I'm looking at it right now, like I don't have him ranked really high. I have him ranked as the 28th best running back right now. Cause I'm just afraid of the knee. So, you know, you're looking at like Isaiah Pacheco and Cam Akers and JK Dobbins and David Montgomery and players like that. Now he could move up depending on what the, the news is that we hear. Remember Sean Payton came out and said some positive stuff about Javante, but then he kind of took it back and was like, you know, hopefully he might not start the season on the PUP list. He said nothing there. You know what I mean? He, hopefully he well, might not. I mean, like, come on, coach. So <laughs> I, I see that as like, uh, I don't know if I want to take the risk there, you know, in the top 50 or 60. Well, let's put it this way. We coin a phrase all the time. It's people that use it. Too. It's called coach speak, right? Yeah. I mean, there's an art to it. They're not dumb. They know what they're saying. I mean, there's a lot of coaches that use coach speak. Contrary to public opinion, people say Belichick uses coach speak. No, he just doesn't speak on injuries. He says, <laughs> look at the injury reports. He just puts them all as questionable. Uh, he doesn't yeah. even speak. But the coach speak is real, and that's what you get out of it. And so I won't start to have any confidence in Javante Williams and start until I start seeing some good, meaningful video. And when I look at video, I look at it with a critical eye. I don't even know this, but for 17 years – how I fell into this and it's literally falling into this on accident, you know, uh, for 17 years, I saw a player on the field, on the sideline, in the locker room, the next day after an MRI, I knew the diagnosis, 
But we usually had about half hour, 45 minutes to kill before meeting with the general manager on Monday morning. Well, everyone in the building looked at film. Coaches looked at film. Players looked at film. And there were times I'd ask a player, do you remember what happened to your knee? Well, I don't know. It was a big pile. I'm going to go look at film. I mean, I like football. So I was like, well, maybe I'll like be a cool kid, enjoy the club and look at film. <laughs> so I'd go upstairs and the video guys, Ryan Duddy and others, would, would give me the TV copy and coach's copy on a disc. Now, admittedly, I'm old enough that it was a disc, okay, <laughs> as opposed to, you know, a, a electronic file. But we'd look at all the angles, and there we knew the answer to the question, but got to see the question, which is the injury. And now, I don't know the answer to the question. I get to see just the, the question, the injury. And the vi film video for traumatic injuries are really pretty good. We're not 100%, but we get an idea. But even film for a recovering athlete, for an average guy, the, I mean, most people would say yesterday, I think it was yesterday, uh, Brees Hall, oh, he look, he's running great. He had pretty good speed. He's doing fine. No, not close. <laughs> I mean, looking at it critically. He's doing fine. He's progressing very well. He is nowhere near ready to play right now. Could he get there if he continues to extend? He could. There's some key telltale signs that he's not ready. So I rely a lot on film nowadays, but film of players. And you also have to understand is in general, no player. And, and even last year, last year, there was a lot of Michael Thomas chatter. Look at how good he looks on video. No one's posting a bad looking video. So you have to look at that as the best looking video that there is and look at what he's not doing or what he's not doing super well because they're not going to post a video where he's limping around. Right. It's just the way that it is. So a little bit pessimistic that way or, or maybe realistic by looking at video. Yeah, and a guy like Michael Thomas too, I mean, you know, at what point, and I think we're at that point now, it's like, listen, I'm not taking him unless he's a late round guy where it's not going to cost me a lot of draft capital. I mean, we're talking about a guy, the last time he played a full season, he was the best wide receiver in fantasy football. He broke records, but that was several years ago. It was 2019, year, I think. He came back, and he looked good, and he got hurt again, and that was it. Like, at, at, you know, at what point do we look back at this and think, I'm not draft. I don't care what his name is. I'm not drafting this guy. Yeah, and, and um, you know, the, the – uh, thankfully this time his injury he should be able to recover well from okay from an injury perspective i have more optimism on michael thomas this year than last year but then again i that's probably an easy sentence to say because i was pretty pessimistic on him last yeah. year but the question now is and i don't know his age he's a bigger wide receiver mm -hmm. but 2019 i believe is when he had his stellar year this is now 2023 so where does that play into the picture and different quarterback, the whole deal, you know, yeah. and so uh, it'll be interesting. But, you know, uh, I, I think in most of these cases of name players, someone in your league will be more excited than you are if you're pessimistic at all. So you kind of yeah. don't have to worry about it. Right. I mean, it's it's the ones that you think are undervalued that you want to jump up to get yeah. any of the overvalued ones. If you just sit back, someone else is going to probably. Uh, take but i will yeah. give you one since i i'm starting to sound very negative oh by the way i was very high on saquon barkley this last season after i was very low on him the previous season mm -hmm. and he was one of our easy futures wins 
you know, uh, uh, because of his second year back, et cetera. And I do try and look at scheme a little bit. Like, you know, for Aaron Rodgers, my biggest worry right now isn't necessarily new team or anything else. It's their offensive line. Did they do enough to shore that up? You know, uh, that's why last year at the beginning of the season, we said Green Bay is not going to win the division. The Vikings are. When you have left tackle still injured, right tackle coming off ACL, and the bookends are not 100%, that's a high bar for anybody. And uh, so uh, we do look at some of that. And it's not just the injury health of the player, but the players around them. And 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 that gets a little bit into scheme a little bit. But I was very high on Saquon Barkley. I'll give you another guy I'm high on. I'll give you full disclosure. I've, I've through Twitter, developed a little bit of a friendship, but he hasn't given me any inside information. He actually came at me, Odell Beckham, when I said, when he's running on a treadmill, this is a couple of years ago, I said, when he's still in Cleveland, I said, he's not ready to go. He, he he's, he's, you know, deceleration and cutting the film looks sped up on the treadmill. And he kind of came at me and said, there's no way this thing is, I didn't doctor the video. It's real. Uh, and I said, no, no, no. When you take video on a cell phone and you put it on Twitter, sometimes the speed is different, right? It just, there's something technically that happens. I'm not saying you're cheating, but but then he agreed that he didn't have his decel and cutting yet, and that's the most important part, especially for a wide receiver. But I'm actually high on Odell Beckham this year. You'd say, oh, he's older, out of sight, out of mind. He missed all the last season. But, you know, he's probably 18 months from his second ACL by the time he plays his first snap. Yeah, so yeah, I from would, the Super Bowl against what's the What's he going to do in that offense? Lamar's back, this, that, the other. Lamar seems to like him. But I have reasonable confidence that he's going to be higher than – do better than most people think because he's almost forgotten a little bit. Uh, and I panned him the year he came back from the ACL and said he's late season at best and obviously went to the Rams and he was fine late season, tore his ACL at the Super Bowl. But now from Super Bowl – Two Super Bowls ago to week one, that's 18 plus months. Yep. So I think he could be okay this year. But coming off of two ACLs, is he more likely to to re uh re-injure or no after after not two really seasons? depends okay. on the associated damage and how much associated arthritis there might be, but there isn't necessarily that increased risk. In some ways, uh ACL revision surgery is sometimes easier because you're 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 really digging the tunnel through the same area of bone. It's like it's easier to relay pipe in the same pipe track than dig new dirt and then lay sure. new pipe, right? I mean, mm-hmm. in some ways, dig a new foundation. So, in some ways, a little bit easier, but also he's been through it once and he came back well from that one. So, I don't know where he is ADP wise, but wherever he is, I'd put him a little higher uh, based off of medical. So, yeah, he's once again, later. I'm not there an are... ADP expert. I just, you know, there are. <laughs> There are drafts where he's the third Ravens wide receiver off the board because people are all excited about Zay Flowers. I'm not one of them. He's too small. Um, and Rashad Bateman also is is uh, going. You know, OBJ is one of those guys too where he's got the big name. But I think people are a little bit concerned about two ACLs over the span of you know what three years or so. I mean, the 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 obvious uh, advantage that he has, which you just mentioned, he hasn't played since the Super Bowl where the Rams you know beat the Bengals. Uh, you know, 18 months ago. So he's should be hundred percent uh, or at least very close to hundred uh, percent. Once the regular season kicks off, I think most people are probably a little bit concerned about the fact that even when he did play in Cleveland, he wasn't great. 
Now, maybe that was system. Maybe that was not having a great rapport with Baker Mayfield, but his numbers went down before he got hurt. Then he got hurt, uh, went to the Rams. I mean, his numbers, he was averaging, what, 12 points a game? I mean, it's okay. It's not OBJ from the Big Apple when he was, you know, making crazy athletic matrix catches over Brandon Carr and everyone was going gaga over him. And now, you know, he's a guy who's closer to, uh, you know, 30. So I think that those are the concerns. But if you can get Odell Beckham Jr. at some point later in your draft, to, to your point, maybe he is going to be a bargain because you're not spending a lot of draft capital on him or a high pick. Yeah. And, you know, of course, scheme is is going to be, you know, who knows, right? Is he what's his his target share going to be and how is he going to mesh with Lamar? But, you know, at least on social media, they seem excited about each other. Um, yeah. But I, I just, uh, I guess my point sticking to medicine, I'm not that worried about his knee. Okay, that's good to I know. Mean, so that that's my uh, two two cents uh, worth. How do you how do you deal with injuries? Because you know ADPs you've got. I mean, you know schemes, you know all this stuff. But how do you factor in injury stuff? What, what's your what's your protocol to do that? Well, first off, I'm not a doctor. <laughs> and I don't play one uh, on the radio or any place else. So I'm reading a lot of what people post like yourself, um, trying to get informed about it. But almost always, I, I remember when Adrian Peterson came off that ACL. Now, Adrian Peterson was, like you said, the unicorn. But I had Adrian Peterson pegged as like a third or fourth round pick. And he ended up being the number one running back in fantasy football. He had always been a first round pick. But I was like, eh, he's coming off the ACL. I'm a little concerned. So it's certainly going to cost like if Brees Hall didn't tear his ACL last year, I could absolutely dock see him being a late first round pick this year, but now he's probably more of a third round pick in our mock draft. I think he went in the fourth round, Javante Williams, ACL, LCL, all things being equal. If Javante didn't get hurt last year, he's probably a first round pick or a second round pick this year. Now I feel like people are more concerned about him because he had the multiple ligament tears. He's, you know, some people are taking him in the fourth or fifth round. I've seen him go as late as the sixth or seventh round. So it really depends on, you know, what you're hearing, but almost certainly every player who's coming off of some sort of significant injury like that is going to probably take at least a round or two hit in their ADP um, because of the uncertainty. And also too, when did it happen? Uh, right. Was it late in the season? I mean, like how much. And, and the thing that we had? don't always know is associated injuries. Not all ACLs are isolated ACLs. Right. right? Yeah. Meniscus pathology, other ligaments, minor, even if it's not, you know, major like LCLs. Now, let me ask you this question. I'm just playing this out because when I was in the NFL, I had a lot of fun, you know, just thinking about other things and not just of the medical side. And I think that's what hopefully makes us a little different at Sports Injury Central. We're injury analysis, not injury reporting. Mm-hmm. But we're a team of pro sports team docs that were, quote, in the room when it happened. So you see, look, at it's it's a very qualitative approach. Brees Hall, if he wasn't injured last year, what round is he drafted in and what is his value this year? Where is if he If you look at what he did before he got hurt, and, and I, I'll go back to that Denver game where he had that long touchdown run. He just looked like a player who had it, mm-hmm. right? Whatever it is as a running back, he had it. And I remember I had a conversation with LaDainian Tomlinson on my show uh, prior to last season, and he was really high on Brees Hall. And, you know, LaDainian Tomlinson obviously knows running backs. There's, there's LT's no my guy, so yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, so, so I, I mean, remember, you know, they had Michael Carter going into last year, and a lot of people were like, well, he may end up being the starter at the beginning of the year. And at the end of the day, they brought Brees Hall along 
somewhat slowly. Like he, but he ended up being the guy um, before he got hurt. And you know, we're starting him every week. If he didn't get hurt, and now you got Aaron Rodgers, I really think he's he's probably a first round pick. Okay, mid to late first round pick, maybe maybe a, a second round pick at worst. Okay, and and see if I'm being correct in clarifying your comments. Based on where he was when he got hurt, assuming he didn't get hurt and he continued on that trajectory, paired with Aaron Rodgers. He could be a first round or late first round or the second round type pick. Yes. He's got ascendancy. But the yeah. moment he was injured, he certainly wasn't there yet, right? He was projected to grow. Right. Where was Adrian Peterson when he tore his ACL? Number Adrian one Peterson running back was, in the league. Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Period. End of discussion. Yeah. Yep. So one of the things we say in medicine, it's reasonable to hope and yes adrian peterson did better than even most thought that you return to your same level very difficult and few and far between to return to a higher level so what mm -hmm. level was Brees hall at when he got hurt right like getting back to doing it is hard look if you're michael fabiano a fantasy expert and for some reason you step away from the game and you come back in I think you can be Michael Fabiano again. If someone was never Michael Fabiano, he was an ascending Michael Fabiano, gets out of the game and comes back, do you expect him to extend to be Michael Fabiano? It's harder. That's all I'm saying. It's harder, especially with what's going on. So that's where I would temper Brees Hall a little bit, especially mm -hmm. for this year uh, in terms of – and that sort of explains the unicorn Adrian Peterson. He was the best running back in the league when he got hurt, and he came back. Because he was far and away the best, he was still the best running back in the league. Was he the same guy? Look, if he didn't have the ACL, you might have rushed for 2,500 yards, right? I mean, that year. So yeah. that's where you, you have to factor things in. And I'll let you in another secret. I don't like, and if you look at last year's draft picks, all these people that came off ACLs or significant injuries, I think it's hard enough to jump a level it's even harder to jump a level with an injury, whether it's not off, no off season program. Look at all the wide receivers with ACLs and different things, uh, rookies, last year's rookies that didn't do a lot, right? And some that didn't even play. It's easier for an Odell Beckham to return to his same level than for a college player to get back to his college level of production, but in the NFL. Right. Because like you're Jameson jumping Williams. levels of competition. You're asking someone to, to jump two steps, overcome the transition and overcome an injury. Right. Whereas Adrian Peterson was just boom. Now you're asking Brees Hall to overcome his transcendency to being a really top back, which he was on his way and maybe he can make, but it wasn't like he's coming back to there. He's coming back to get on the ladder to get there. Right. That's all. Yeah. No, good point. Good point. Yeah. Anyways, uh, anything else you want to cover here? It's always fun to chat with you. And uh, uh, <laughs> Honestly, Brees Hall and Javante are the two big ones for sure. I mean, we talked a little bit about Michael Thomas and OBJ. But when you got two young running backs in a position where you're seeing more and more committees, those are the two that people have the most questions about because they do see them as like players who could be elite in fantasy uh, but do have question marks coming off of uh, the, you know, the ACL and then the ACL-LCL. Are for Javante Williams. In fact, um, you know, when we cover the AFC West on my show at SiriusXM, I'll 
uh, certainly get you on the program so you can talk a little bit more uh, to the listeners about Javante Williams because there's a lot of question marks about him too. Uh, and, and, you know, those are the, those are the big ones. You know, the, the, those are the two big guys uh, at the running back position where people are a little bit concerned and, and wondering whether or not, uh, you know, to, to even draft them at all uh, based on expectations and based on uh, their recovery. And, you know, all we have is Twitter and social media and, and things like that. Uh, you know, as you mentioned, you never know what other injuries might have occurred uh, when that ACL was torn. And in Javante's case, the ACL and the LCL. Yeah, and that's what the video looked like when it happened. We were saying ACL and LCL. So, so for your fans and listeners, we do have a six score, Sports Injury Central score, that will be part of our preseason preview for all teams. So we will put a, an expected score. We don't have it yet on Brees Hall. We want to look at more film. And Javante mm-hmm. Williams for his season-long value. And if you want to oversimplify it, if people are projecting a thousand yard running back and our six score is 75, you should expect 750. I mean, that's overly simplistic for the season. Now, mm. what probably will happen for both of those guys is I would imagine their week one scores may be very low. I mean, I still am surprised if Javante plays week one. Yeah. But, you know, what happens week 10 and 12 and 14? Look at J.K. Dobbins. His score was very low week one, mm-hmm. but by late season is better. So, these six scores that are for the season will be an amalgamation for the season for season-long fantasy drafters. But we obviously have their scores or projected health scores on a weekly basis for those who like daily fantasy or when you're trying to make a decision between one running mm-hmm. back and another kind of thing. So to make people aware, there's two different types of sports injury central scores, six scores. One that we'll do for a season projection, amalgamation, and each week during the season as we see people improving and, and what their health is. And we hope we find that uh, tool uh, pretty helpful and, yeah. uh, and, Useful, and yeah. for, for people. And all that's still going to be free, although we are going to go to a little bit of a freemium model with our field views and different things. But that's still all going to be free to, to all our founders and so forth. So um, anything else you want to talk about or plug there? Uh, oh, yeah, no. Um... Uh, Fantasy Dirt on SiriusXM, uh, myself, Lindsey Rhodes, Amber Theo Harris, uh, 2 p.m. Eastern, uh, Monday through Friday. Uh, of course, Sports Illustrated uh, got all of the fantasy football content that you could want or need. Uh, we've got our draft kit uh, that we're starting to build out now. That'll be out uh, at some point a little bit later on in the summer. You know, Check out Jen Piacenti as well, uh, who's going to be covering uh, fantasy football for us too. So uh, si.com slash fantasy SiriusXM. Uh, and then Westwood One, uh, I'll be doing the uh, the fantasy football forecast with Amber Theo Harris. That will be later on in the summer and then throughout the regular season. Um, looking forward to what should be a very fun and interesting season and certainly going to be uh, keeping tabs on what you're talking about, Doc, in terms of those running backs and some of the other players uh, with the big names coming off the injuries. All right, Michael, thank you for the time. And uh, I owe you one or five, so just text or call. <laughs> I'll be in touch. Don't questions. worry. <laughs> okay. All right, thank you. And we'll take a quick break and we'll come back with the rest of the Pro Football Doc Sports Injury Central typical podcast and rundown. Michael, we actually do basketball, baseball, a lot of other sports uh, year round now. So, uh, uh, but we'll take a quick break and uh, we'll let you go. I appreciate the time. You got it. Welcome back to Sports Injury Central Pro Football Doc podcast. A couple of surgeries down in between, turning around the room here. We got Taylor with us. Jacob was always with us in the background here. 
Uh, let's go to part two. A lot to talk about. How was your week? Does it feel like football season? It feels like it kind of has started now with OT. It feels like it has definitely started, yeah. You uh, know, I didn't think boring, about it so, till yeah. just now, but it, it does kind of feel like football season because basketball is kind of ending. We'll talk a little basketball. Baseball's ongoing. Well, it's actually little little league or pony league baseball season for my ten year old. That's like the yeah dominant thing. But never ends. Here's why I think football season started. Plethora of news because of OTAs, and we'll talk about a lot of football things today. Having Michael Fabiano on, which he was great. Um, also did some a lot of football activity over the weekend. Um, Coach Norv Turner. He's been retired, but his family threw him a surprise retirement party on Saturday. I guess technically I should say his family and Troy Aikman. Um, mm, and so go. there was a lot of football that weekend. Old school guys, coaches. Troy was nice. He hosted the thing. Michael Irvin came. Kevin Gogan, who's who Philip Rivers came. A lot of people came. Um, and it was kind of fun. Coaches, too. A lot of different coaches were there but it was a lot of football on saturday night you know and now with otas it feels like um it was kind of good oh here's the other thing that you guys are like i don't think i'm breaking any news here right because philip rivers has been retired a little bit you guys kept asking me everybody's saying philip rivers out of retirement oh by the way philip is and his wife were both there and tiffany is expecting number 10 Oh, oh my wow. god <laughs> that's awesome <laughs> i told him your sprinter van is now full yeah you know what she said <laughs> no not really the older kids all drive so we never go in one car <laughs> that's right it's like a little ladder they right? got it planned out yeah can, can yeah. you imagine showing up to the red lobster or the whatever with a party of 14 oh or you know, 12 <laughs> if there's kid friends involved i mean it's like a group booking but anyways um i said that philip was uh you know, I don't know how the subject came up of playing again. And I said, what do you think? I said, people kept asking me like I know, right? I mean, we text, but I never ask him. And he goes, and remember what I said. I said, he's about football and family, not NFL and family. Yes, right. he misses football, but he's got that fix when he's coaching the kids. And he said, yep. And I said, yeah, you'd come out of retirement, but the only way you're coming out of retirement is you're not leaving the kids that you're coaching. It would be to a team that has a shot to win the Super Bowl that's a quarterback short, and you'll sign in December. And he goes, yep. <laughs> now, that was in the past. I don't know that that's going to happen again in the future. So my little detective, not detective work, just common sense was actually correct. So we had some fun, a lot of people there. But it's football season, I guess. Which now gives oh. my wife Kim angst, and me. Well, Doc, I knew angst. football season was back when I saw Aaron Rodgers notifications. Everybody freaking out about his calf. That's no, when that, I knew I was that like, too. oh, NFL's and, back um, now. <laughs> like uh, the wife and the family, they want to book a Disney cruise, but it goes across the Sunday. Oh, so Darn. trying yeah, to say do we have veto power on that? <laughs> <laughs> trying to say no to that, but here's the point: if I don't do that one, then that one's out of San Diego. If we don't do that one, then I got to do one out of Miami or something. And it's for a longer period of time. So. Yeah. You got a big decision to make. Big decision. Anyways, football <laughs> season is here and congrats to uh, Norv Turner on his, I think he's been retired official retirement. Um, 
thanks again to Troy for helping throw the party. But and as some people may know, Norv's close to Sports Injury Central. He's an investor, an advisor, et cetera. So Coach Norv, all good. What yeah, else Scott's working with what Jimmy G, to... right? What's that? His son Scott's going to be working with Jimmy G, right? Yeah. Scott is going to be working with Jimmy G, Scott Turner. Um, I, 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 coach, I talked to Shane Steichen a little bit, and, uh, you know, he's brand-new head coach. I said, you got to bring Norvon as, a, as your confidant consigliere. I think he kind of does anyways. Like, yeah. Everyone looks at the head coach, and you need to know what you're doing on game day. Otherwise, sometimes it's nice to have a. What should we do here? <laughs> right. Am I getting off track? Someone to you know some guardrails, right? But you can't do that on the sideline headset to the entire offensive staff. Should we go for it? No, you can't do that. You have to like boom, boom, boom. So we'll see. We'll see if anything happens. But that's always been my idea. First time head coach someone who they trust, someone who's a mentor, someone who has no interest in working 100 hours a week or being a head coach again. You know, game day, headset, couple hours a week here and there. You know, uh, head coach whisperer, confidant. Someone that just had a retirement party, those kind of people. (laughs) Well... Yeah, I mean, I, I've talked about it before. And it's no disrespect to, to Shane Steichen. I mean, I look at it this way, or any coach. I look at it this way. You can be the best offensive or defensive coordinator in the world or the best college head football coach in the world. The job of an NFL head coach is different. Mm. Uh, you can be the okay best orthopedic surgeon in the world. Doesn't make you a good chairman of the Department of Orthopedics. To different roles, right? Um, you can be the best uh, vice president of manufacturing in the world, or the vice president of sales in the world. It doesn't make you a good president of a company, right? I mean, there's just different roles that right. you need, different things, uh, and uh, some. T- and, and it's not disrespect to any new coach, and certainly not Coach Steichen, but I'm just saying, sometimes I think. In my time in the league, it's good to see that. Like, just to have a little, I don't know, who knows? Yeah, it's interesting. What, what you notice at OTAs, obviously, this is the first time we're, we're seeing people in, in months and months. Um, like the Tariq Woolen, they revealed he had a knee scope, um, reportedly injured walking on the practice field. I don't know how uh, how, <laughs> how 100% true Power that is walking. Yeah. versus <laughs> lingering from last year. But uh, no concerns about him week one, Doc. Or, and I'm not saying this, or he heard it on his own time, and by saying it's on the field, it's now football-related as opposed to non-football injury. That, that's that's my mind, yeah, mind that's went a little better. bit. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't know if you guys saw. I had fun tweeting it and saying, got video? I mean, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it doesn't matter. I mean, I don't think uh, – his team is stiffing him, even if it happened on his own, unless it was something right. reckless. If he's working on his own and he tore his meniscus or lingering from last year, they're not going to stiff him like that. Right? Uh, they'll make it football related, and I don't see it leaking into the regular season, anyways. And you really it's don't in the get window paid yeah. in the off season. 
at uh, Purdy made a lot of headlines with uh, Shanahan saying he's going to start throwing next week. <laughs> Just it throws back to when we had Matt Mayoko on, and he said throwing as in tossing a ball to a two-year-old, teaching him how to catch, not not throwing. <laughs> yeah. Throwing. I mean, right. I've told you guys my show, my bad. I have a bad shoulder. I can't. I can barely play catch with uh, Davis right now. Although I can hit some fungos to him and and give him oh, some outfield work. That's easier yeah. now than throwing. But I can I can throw a little bit. But doesn't mean I can throw. <laughs> you know, look, it's good progress. You got to start somewhere. I'm not look. What have we said all along? We have not said that the 49ers are in trouble. There's no way Brock Purdy will be there. All we've said is it's far from a guarantee he's going to be there and ready week one. Right. That's what we said early on. And there's no way you can know differently. That's all we've said. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, there seems to be a lot of NFL news uh, breaking now. And you guys even sent me some stuff right before our taping here. Yeah, what caught my eyes to uh, is make the rounds on Twitter because he looks looks like he's been hitting the buffet and the weight room during the offseason. <laughs> I mean, I, it's a combo you don't see, move, yeah. You don't see him often without pads, but I don't remember his thighs being like ginormous like that, like Jamarcus Russell range. Well, let me tell you, thighs, I'm looking at the picture, and I'm sure we'll put it up here. Yeah, the camera, what do they say in, in Hollywood? The camera adds 15 pounds or something? I right. don't know. I mean, that's what I tell my wife. The camera, you know, I don't know. <laughs> but here's the thing. I don't know. Yeah, he, I think his legs were always pretty thick. Um, He looks pretty thick in the torso, too. But I don't know. I, I mean, maybe that's not a bad thing that, you know, in terms of injuries to put on a little more weight. He's not the biggest guy in the world. As long as it doesn't take away from his speed and flexibility. But my question would be, isn't he in Miami? I mean, he yeah, looks like he's more, the other than the shorts, yeah. cold weather. I mean, is, is it a sweatshirt he's got underneath? Yeah, he had the sweatshirt, the hoodie, and the bucket hat, I think, is, is a lot going yeah, on. Yeah, I mean, the bucket hat, okay, yeah. maybe in the sun a little bit, okay, but I get, but the long sleeve the sweatshirt and the yeah. hoodie's on, right? Right. He's got to be hot, doesn't he, in Miami? <laughs> He's trying to sweat sweat some of that weight yeah, off. I'm I uh, going there. <laughs> it's not like he has to make weight. I mean, I, it just it, seems like is does that lend itself to concussion prevention? I know he did the judo training, learning how to fall. Maybe we're grasping at straws here, but yeah. it can't hurt. Judo right? training doesn't make you look like that. <laughs> well, I mean, I don't know. I mean, uh, there is some research that fat is healthy for the brain. I'm just joking. There actually oh is research. God. I didn't mean, I didn't mean yeah, to like link that. the two. Um, <laughs> no, I don't make didn't. a big deal out of it. Yeah. He put on some LBs, whether he did or didn't. I don't know. I don't think it's that big of a deal. I mean, it doesn't help or help him like prevent concussions, right? That's not those things aren't correlated. He just bulked up in the off season. It could be as simple as that, right? Yeah. Right. Uh, well, let's head over to NBA. Uh, Nuggets already punched their tickets to the finals. Uh, Heat hoping to do so against the Celtics. Celtics stole one back. Uh, it seems like everyone's ambiguous about Tyler Hero, which we've been talking about for weeks. Like, oh, he's cleared for basketball TV, but still no return timeline was uh, Coach Eric Spolstra's line yesterday. Is he just being coy? Do they actually have no return timeline for him? It seems kind of hard to believe. Well, um, you got to remember coach speak, right? We don't have a return timeline. Translation, if you put a bubble thought, 
it could be game six or game five. It could be game five. It could be game six. It could be game one of the NBA finals. We're not right. telling you. We don't have a timeline. Let's see how he responds to the hand. But he's cleared for basketball activities. The question is how much. Look, I think he, he can do pretty much everything, but can he, you know, defend and what if someone swipes at the hand or finger you know uh that's what you're worried about but what we said all along is his season slash playoffs are not done if miami goes deep enough and we said it was eastern conference finals or nba finals for him to return that's where we're at right now now at the time they were the eighth seed so who who thought they would (laughs) survive so i think our comments sort of went by the wayside but all along it's about timing and i think it's to his advantage uh, that even with the lakers being swept denver ready to go even if miami would have won last night or win the next game in boston the start date is still set it's still pushed yeah. out till the following wednesday right is that what it is yeah right it's june first um june I had 1st, a question, so, though, so more time i, I mean I got to say that Tyler Hero's back June 1st. I'm, Should he play game seven if it goes to game seven? Because why would you wait till June 1st if there's a game seven if they need him? Because could, could, I know there's 0 for 149, da, 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 but just a chance, right? If the Heat go to game seven and they don't and they need him to win game seven, you might as well just mail it in against the Nuggets. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying. I mean. It's already going to be an uphill battle playing the Nuggets, I think, anyways. It, right? It's not going yeah. seven. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because right now, if you look at the like, numbers, so you're going back to Boston, right? They have, doing their record, they have a 75% chance of winning that game. And then they go back to Heat, they go back to Miami, which they'd have a 50% chance of winning. And if they win that, that's another 75% chance game seven. The numbers are slightly better than you'd think, maybe. Everyone just can't get over the fact that Boston's definitely the better team. But they also lost three in a row, including two at home. So That's an issue. On paper, definitely. So, so Taylor, we got lunch that there is no game seven? That's fine. I'll buy you lunch if there's. Yeah, that's fine. I'm. Not, I'm not a. I'm not. I hate the Celtics. Right? They just beat my Sixers. I'm not a fan. Yeah. I'm just saying what we, I. Yeah. We got a devil's advocate, you dog, because it might get there. Yeah. I mean, we didn't see the Heat going this deep, so here they are. Anything can happen, but I. I yeah. I, I don't see it. No, tell uh, us how- the Nuggets. Though we, we did a uh, talk about the nuggets a lot right um early in the season we put um, a feature in for a uh, six score um we were high on jamal murray coming back from the acl remember he took a little bit break um he said he wasn't mentally ready to play too so it was a little longer than normal um uh, michael porter had his third uh back surgery which you did red flag but he was able to play majority of the season this year too and play effectively so that that's big right they have that's why they have the highest uh six score no right yeah now, the so. denver's been a healthy team and they're a good team let me ask this question, yeah. Mr. Sixers fan. Let's say the MVP vote is now. Who wins? Oh, it's Jokic. My guy didn't. <laughs> it doesn't deserve it. It's a regular season I, award. I, yeah, it's a, <laughs> he even said that, which is a bad answer, too. It's, it's a, I, don't I know. get it's a regular season award, but you know how 
I'm just making an observation. I'm not a voter. Yeah. I'm just making an observation. You know how sometimes you have an actor at the Oscars or Emmys or whatever those things are called, and they've just made a lot of good movies and been around, and then they finally win the award because they've never really won it. And it's not necessarily their best movie, but they win yeah. the award. And they're deserving of the award, but they win the award. I feel like, I forget the comments from Kendrick Perkins and all that stuff. I think what may have tilted it is how many three-time consecutive MVPs do you have? There, I think there was three, right? Red territory, was like Bird, yeah. It was Bird and, yeah. Bird Mac. Yeah. Yeah, and I Bird think Mac there may have been, yeah. hey, look, he may deserve the MVP. We have someone else who also deserves it. Do we really want to anoint Jokic as an all-time great with three straight MVPs? Bird, Chamberlain, and Russell were the three. Yeah, that's a pretty big list to add Jokic to, right? Yeah. You, you, you get what I'm saying? That That's yeah. that's what um, – that might have been the final few votes that tipped it the other way. You're sort of a, anointing him. I mean, I will say NFL Hall of Fame voters. There are times when you know that guy's going to get into the Hall of Fame. Yep. 100%. But then – do you want to anoint him as a first ballot Hall of Famer? Right. So I think sometimes it's they're like, difference. oh, he's not deserving of a first ballot, so we'll just wait a year to vote for him. I well, your know. movie thing is actually accurate. I'm pretty sure that happened to uh, DiCaprio. DiCaprio could have yep. won, uh, I think, an Oscar like a billion times for every – like, you know, there's four different movies, and then he got it for The Revenant, and he spoke the least amount of, in that movie, and he was inside of an uh, animal, you know, fighting stuff with uh, – you know, it was, a, it was a good movie, but it's not – like you said, it wasn't the well, movie that should have got an Oscar. So I like your – your thing was a real – <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, I remember, don't see many movies. I remember seeing the Titanic, and I remember sitting next to uh, there. You go. Actually, one row in front of uh, Leonardo DiCaprio at a fight one time. That's about it. Oh, there you <laughs> go. Right. See? Leo Closer than us. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know anything about him. All right. What else we got uh, here? Hop into baseball real quick. The uh, Grom's back throwing the bullpen, so he's looking to be about a week or two out. Uh, hopefully, he can be past all his issues, but no. You've talked a long time about the, the kinetic chain, and this is just the latest issue. So we're going to be – I know me and Taylor are going to be holding our breath. we got to run our fancy baseball teams in in one league. So we, we took the risk. Yeah, high upside. But, you know, where is it going, right, up the kinetic chain? And, and hopefully yeah. you can make it back and be fine, but we'll see. Uh, piece of the week, I don't know if you've seen the video, but we had the – the squirrel that ran along the, the fence uh, in front of all those Yankee fans who had apparently never seen a, a live animal before. It was all their reactions. Yeah, like... Did you see the one guy? The one guy definitely did. He was smiling at it. I love that. Yeah, I, I think that's that's my beast, the guy who was just sitting there yeah. casually. He just, oh, look, a squirrel. He was loving that. <laughs> yeah, well, I don't know. If you're if you're from New York City, um, the only live animals you see that aren't, on leashes might be like rats. I don't know that you see yeah, a lot of squirrels. Say, right. Yeah. That was a rat on wings. So it wasn't I mean, yeah, squirrels. Squirrels <laughs> just a rat with a bushy tail. So I I, yeah. I get the initial reaction. <laughs> uh, I think the squirrel like the, the, the balancing act, you know uh, and the joke oh, that was too. the best I, part. I didn't expect and, it to yeah, be like from yeah. the top of the wall. I didn't know how well, the deep camera, the squirrel the was cameraman, jumping. cameraman did a great job too. I was watching that video intently just making sure yeah. he stayed up top. <laughs> all right uh what else we got this week anything uh, 
Now just I feel like all the Michael latest... Fabiano football season is here, you know? Yeah, officially. Yeah, you can follow no, the latest absolutely. on our uh, Sick Insights. We got the latest on Brock Purdy, Tariq Wollin, Brees Hall, Javante Williams, all that stuff. So we'll be be rolling out our football content on the website. So stay tuned. And you just and, got your uh, Scott Fish remember, we have, invite too, Doc. Remember, we have notifications. Notifications. So when you draft your fantasy team, you turn on the notifications and you get notified anytime there's any injury information. And remember, we'll give you the analysis so you can make your best decisions. And that's all continues to be free. Um, what else? I'm surprised you didn't bring up golf. Yeah, uh, Spieth crashed out, so we're <laughs> we're gone in our mind. <laughs> yeah, Tiger. Yeah, I think he might play with his son in December, but he's not playing at the British Open either. He tapped out of the. That's US what I was Open. telling Taylor. Once I heard surgery, I was like, "Isn't he just out the rest of time until he says he's good?" Like, yeah. I don't, I don't know that he has <laughs> he a return timeline yeah. of three months or whatever it is. Well, the return timeline is closer to six months. Yeah. Minimum. Yeah. Could be nine. I mean, uh, no guarantee, but he might try and play the PNC with Charlie. Why not? Right. Yeah. But uh, he's not playing in the British Open. He tapped out of the U.S. Open. Speed did better, did a good job, but you just can't compete at the top with that risk tendonitis thing. Right. You know? Yeah. He made the cut. I guess he had to sink a. He, knee knocker putt five footer i mean i guess for them it's not so much for me that's right. like uh <laughs> might as well be 15 feet yeah for me that that's like a 20 footer a five footer on a pga green it's like a 20 footer but for them not so much but yeah it's just hard it, he'll be fine though um uh just a little time all right thanks for watching uh subscribe youtube or go on some things and uh We'll line up some more fun guests because I feel like there's not that many more weeks before football and then we go to no guests again. So if you have any suggestions, um, tweet at me or uh, any of these guys here. All right. Thanks for watching.